Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this world, there are more stories than rugs in Persia. Some are hariz, some are cashin, some are stained with juice. But they're all worth the weaving. So open your roller beam loom wide and listen. Welcome to Brushtown Stories, episode 22, from the files of Detective Dan Kent. Everybody loves Anne Swan. From the files of Detective Dan Kent, police inspector. I was on vacation in Cragsmore, the scenic home to 10,000 crags. They even had a famous crag that looked like a crevasse. My pop used to own a shack in the area. He'd take me there crag fishing on holiday weekends. Crag fishing involved tying a moth to a string and then letting it fly around until a bird ate it. And then you'd hug the bird and laugh at it for being dumb. Well, pop would laugh. I'd be more, what's the word, traumatized. But after dinner of roast acorns, acorns is what he named the birds we caught, Pop would make me sleep on the roof of the shack in case a meteorite fell from the sky. I was supposed to catch the meteorite and save the shack from harm. When I'd ask him how to do this, he'd toss me a ratty oven mitt and say, Die trying. Ha. The sweet memory of youth. So every so often, I'd leave the mid-sized burg that I called home. I'd come back to our shack and visit the crags. But this particular trip... I would find no joy in escarpment. A local girl, Anne Swan, had run away. She was one of those girls who was loved by all. A high school senior, head of the nerd society, and the jock club. She was valedictorian and homecoming queen. She also won the Miss Slope pageant last year, and was in the running for Miss Pointy Peaks, a poorly named beauty contest named after Poinsettia Peaks, the famed suffragette who died on Big Melon's Mountain. Huh. Never really thought about that name either. It's all kind of... Well, that's crag country for you. Anyway, Anne Swan had run off, leaving only a note that said, Bye, spelled B-Y-E-E-E-E-E. The use of five E's was definitely a cry for help, at least according to her father, Ernie. I knew Ernie Swan from my childhood shack days. He'd been Cragmore's mayor, but was now retired. He made his fortune selling something called Re-Goat to the army. Really made bank on that. So then he built a bank of monitors that monitored banks. It was called Monitor Bank, Bank Monitor, Monitors Limited. He knew I was a policeman back in the mid-sized burg that I called home. So he asked me to help. I agreed, but when I went to the local sheriff, he was none too pleased. I don't know how you do it in the mid-sized burg you come from, but here in Cragsmore we do things a little differently, he said in his odd nasally lilt. Here in Cragsmore, we like lager. 
none of your fancy mid-sized Berg IPAs. A little too pale of an ale for us. But then again, you mid-sized burgers like being pale. All that indoor fun, like air hockey and ski ball. Only ski we have is sands ball. He droned on, but I skipped out just as he began talking about how people like me always skip out while people like him are talking. But nuts to him. I didn't need local Joe Law's help. Detective Dan Kent is a one-man investigating force. My first instinct was to stand on Main Street and yell at cars if they'd seen Ann Swan. This proved harder than I thought as they'd raised the speed limit. I barely get out a, have you seen, before a sedan would blast past me. Nuts to cars. I didn't need local Joe Carr's help. Detective Dan Kent is a one-man investigating force. So I got my brain cooking. If I were a popular teen girl who ran off, where would I go? Of course, Merlot's Gatorland, a large alligator farm on the edge of town. But I soon found out that Gatorland was closed because it had actually had no gators, only crocodiles, and also because Merlot was feeding the victims of mafia hitmen to his faux gators to pay off a gambling debt. Merlot was now living in the parking lot of the foreclosed property in an Airstream trailer. I banged on the door. Merlot, a thin man in overalls, stepped out. I asked him about Anne Swan. He said he liked her. She'd come around and they'd make prank calls to the local pizza parlor. They'd always call up and ask for tacos. The owner Vito would get so angry, mostly because his name was Vito Taco and the place was called Taco's Pizza. Finally, out of desperation, Vito put tacos on the menu, but they were really calzones that he called Italian tacos. He only did this because he thought there was all this demand for tacos, but it was really just Merlo and Ann prank calling him. Poor Sap bought all these ads and banners saying, we now got tacos. But nobody wanted tacos from a pizza place and the place went bankrupt. Motive. Maybe the note was staged and Ann hadn't run off but got got. Maybe the extra E's were a clue. Five E's. Five E's. Easy. Easy five. Five is three plus two. Plus is a cross. The cross. The symbol of Christianity. And the by. By. Two, the father and son, son, sunny, sunny and share, share, sharing. So Christianity plus sharing. Who shares Christianity? The Pope. And where does the Pope live? A palace. And if you rearrange the letters in a palace, you get Ace La Pa. And Ace La Pa was a small village in the foothills of Sicily, best known for being the location of the first pizza parlor. Game checkmate, Vito. You just couldn't resist. He was definitely guilty. Except that he was innocent. And also dead. He'd had a massive heart attack eight months previously. I checked out his grave. No sign of vampirism, zombieism. He was dead and buried. I put a large rock on the grave just in case, but I doubted any ghoulie was going to come digging out from those six feet down. Fine. Nuts to him. I didn't need local Joe Pizza's help. Detective Dan Kent is a one-man investigating force. So I ponder to ponder. Why would a good girl like Anne Swan? Feel the need to make prank calls. Well, prank calls were the domain of toughs and punks. I decided the next best thing to do was to get a drink down at the Crag Hole, a dank little bar of ill repute. Originally, the Crag Hole was a gay bar, until the gays got together and built a better bar, and now it was just patronized by a bunch of lousy straights. I got a mug of whiskey and a shot of varnish, the house special. I was snout deep in my hooch when the sheriff came sauntering over. 
Well, well, solve the case, you mid-sized Berg slicker, so you can go back to enjoying your chain restaurants and commuter parking. Oh boy, I guess we Craig Hicks should all retire, because you showed us with your fancy big box store ways and strip mall dreams. Oh wait, you didn't. She's still gone. I wanted to give him a few crags of his own with my fists, but that's just what he wanted. He'd love an excuse to lock me up in his podunk jail. So I just ignored him. He goaded me more, but then the bar trivia started and he had to join his cop friends and their team. The Thick Blue Lines. I tried to join a team of three, but we got into a fight about buffalo wings. They said, you can have breaded buffalo wings. Madness! So I flipped the table, they kicked me out. I was plenty drunk and plenty angry. Nuts to them. Detective Dankin is a one ma- Oh, my head. I stumbled down the street. Whatever, I knew all the trivia I needed. Here's trivia for you, I told a fire hydrant. What bar is the worst? Answer the crag hole. Also, crickets have ears on their legs. Why do I know that? I was too drunk to drive, so I walked until I was too drunk to walk, and then I rolled around on some grass. The grass was wet and cold, and then wet and warm, because apparently I puked at some point. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Yusuf Dahl, and when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurmond and it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network. Then I fell into a fitful sleep. I dreamt about a little duck that got lost from all the other ducks. And then the duck started playing three-card Monty. Then I was the duck. Then I was the Queen of Hearts. Next thing I know, I'm being shuffled hard and the cards raining down like so many meteorites or chicken wings. Unbreaded! And then I was walking over crags, but they were made of trivia, which was a bit too abstract for my taste. But then I see a bunch of kids with no faces playing duck, duck, chicken. Where's the goose? I asked. They said the swan is gone. I say, I'm asking about the goose. And then they all grew wings and flew off, their feathers hitting me in the face. This startled me awake, and I found an actual pigeon was pecking my face, getting his feathers in my mouth. This is the part where I tell you the dream was the key to solving the case. Wrong. Dreams are just stupid brain garbage that gets dumped on us while we nap. All of that was just weird, useless, and stupid. Like a three-armed, no-legged soccer player without an education. I got off the puke grass and tried to figure out my next move. But then, a little car pulled up. A beat-up old blue something or other. I don't know, let's call it a car. This car 
was being driven by none other than Anne Swan. Get in, she said. I'd like to say most police work is solved by hard work and intuition, but the truth is mostly it's dumb luck and complaining until it solves itself. That's what they don't teach you in those fancy mystery novel writing workshops. Annie's the way. I hoist my carcass into the passenger seat and she drives off. Without taking her eyes from the road, Anne Swan reached into the center console and pulled out a moist towelette. She handed it to me. I dabbed it on my stale tongue. Lemony, this gal really does have it all together. I heard you were looking for me, she said. She kept her hands at ten and two the whole time. Yeah, I said. Your dad is worried. He's worried about his reputation. She pulled into the superfood dude, the local grocery chain. I need to get some hummus, she said. Don't you worry people will recognize you, I asked. I have a disguise, she replied. And she affixed a blonde, stick-on, dollar store mustache to her lip. Let's go. We walked through the aisles of the store, pushing a cart with a busted wheel. It would squeak and turn every which way but where we wanted it to go. Just like life, I thought. Nuts to you, squeaky life. I nodded in agreement to my thoughts. I should mail that into Regent's Digest. I looked over at Anne, then at all the Cragmarians blithely shopping. No one seemed to see past the mustache to the girl underneath. I guess the old saying was right. Mustache at night, sailor's delight. Mustache by day, you fade away. Anne Swan spent a long time inspecting all the different types of hummus. I told her she should go back home, but she demurred. She weighed a container of red pepper hummus in her hand. Unsatisfied, she put it back on the shelf. Look, Anne, I said, everyone here loves you. So we can stand by the chill case hummusing around, or I can take you home and you can get all the dips you can dab. My favorite actor growing up was Dick Van Dyke. She said, while keeping her attention focused on the selection of chickpea pastes. He was always so... lovable. Then, a couple years ago, he was out surfing, which of course he was, and he fell asleep on his surfboard, because of course he did, he's like 80 years old. And when he woke up, he had floated out to sea. He thought, oh, I'm dead. And also, maybe I phoned it in a bit on the fourth season of Diagnosis Murder, but then, all of a sudden a pod of dolphins came by, and they pushed his surfboard and him back toward shore. He was saved by them. So, I said, you want to become a marine biologist or something? She chose a container of everything bagel-flavored hummus and tossed it into the cart. Then we started walking toward the self-checkout. No, she said. I'm a swan, and the swans have always been lucky. Like Dick Van Dyke. We are successes. My grandfather accidentally crashed his car into the car of a diamond dealer. The diamond dealer had no heir and decided to just give his diamonds to my grandfather. And my dad, he invented Regoat, a remote control that supposedly controlled goats. But it doesn't. He sold it to the military for eight figures because it was the height of the Cold War and the CIA and the government were trying all sorts of crazy things like MKUltra or Project Stargate. Plus, they knew Brezhnev was going to visit a goat commune and they thought they could regoat one of the goats to hump him, which would so embarrass the Soviets that it would bring down the USSR. Regoat didn't work, but luckily, it was rutting season, so the goats were all humpy on their own. Brezhnev did get a Brezhnev, but the Soviets covered it up and had the goats buried in an unmarked grave next to the Romanovs. Anyway, the feds think it worked, so my dad made a mint defrauding the government on a fake goat control remote control. She paid for the hummus and went and sat down in a small picnic table outside the store. She opened the hummus and ate it with her fingers. Is that why you made them crank calls? Because you feel guilty about your family's goat thing? Nah, she said. I did that because it was hilarious. So what? You're afraid you won't live up to your family? Everybody loves you. 
That's the problem. I'm afraid I'll be a success. And for no good reason. I'm afraid I'll just skate by. Because everything comes easily to me. My grades, my looks, even this outfit. I got it for free because I was the 1,000th customer at Dressington's. I don't want to be an easy success. So I ran away. There's no guarantee you'll be okay. The world is harder than ever. There's this whole recession thing. Plus, being a woman, that's like two strikes against you from the jump. Really? She said, perking up. You think so? Listen, kiddo, I think you won't amount to a hill of beans. Wow, that's the worst thing anyone has ever said to me. Thank you. She smiled. I guess it might not work out after all. And with that, she took off her fake mustache and suddenly... The whole parking lot stopped. Anne, it's Anne, they all shouted. People ran up to her crying, saying how much they missed her. Pretty soon, the whole crowd put her on their shoulders and carried her off, chanting her name. Poor kid. They really do love her. With that, the case was solved. I didn't get the credit, but I didn't get blamed either. Blame for spilling juice on the rug at City Hall. (laughs) Side note, I spilled juice on the rug at City Hall, like a lot of juice. Anyway... I never went back to Cragsmore after that. I'm not sure what happened to Anne Swan, but I hope in my heart that she's up to nothing and has become a real nobody. This is Detective Dan Kent, pining off, uh, signing off. Ah, uh, let me take that last bit again. This is Detective... Rushdown Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Iriglieri. Dan Kent is Nate Kent. Find out more about the show and cast at podmusical.com. Find out what happens to all of your favorite characters on Season 2 of The Fall of the House of Sunshine, coming March 2018. Find out what happens to Fuzzmen when they die on Season 2 of The Fall of the House of Sunshine, coming March 2018. Thanks for listening, and have a suntabulous bicuspid of a day! The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish.